Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. So welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. Today I have Roy, Roy B., a touch of bliss. Um, I've, I've pretty much known you since you've been clean eight years now, yeah. and I've actually never heard you speak. I don't even think I've heard you share. But since the time I've known you, I've always just got, like, super good vibes from you. Like, I've just seen, like, your whole life, like, catapult into, like, what it is today. We, like, we know all the same people, you know. And you listen to the podcast. 100%. So, you know, when you were like, bro, I love Hell as an Exit, I was like, dude, you want to be a guest? So, yeah, I appreciate there it. There you go, for sure, dude. I appreciate it. So, w- w- you're from Virginia? Yeah. What was yeah, growing so up in Virginia like? Growing up in Virginia was like... When I was real young, I was born in Northern Virginia. I was outside of like DC area. And then my uncle was in the military. So my mom and dad like moved down to like the Hampton Roads area. And that's where like, that's like my first memories is Hampton, Newport News area. I mm-hmm. lived downtown Newport News. My earliest memories of like school and stuff, I was like the only white kid in my class. It was nothing to like go to the park and see rigs on the ground, see crack pipes on the ground. You know, it's just, it's where we live, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, that was the norm. I grew up in a very abusive home. Father, physically abusive to my mom. Broke my mom's nose like twice. Sexually molested my sister. Wow. Which I found that out when I was like six. Mm-hmm. I was in second grade. I started school when I was four because my birthday's in December. And like mm-hmm. back then you could start school. I had to take like a test to see if I was like good enough. Or like, like, do you know your address? Do you know your phone number? <laughs> wow. Blah, 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 right? One of the tests was like, they had a stick figure and they told me to complete the drawing. So mm-hmm. like I drew a face, I drew a hand and a foot, whatever. And I drew, and the lady was like, why'd you draw a sad face? And I was like, cause he's only got one arm and one leg. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I didn't draw the other arm or leg, like whatever, bro. You told me to finish the picture, you know? Yeah. And they were like, you're ready to start. Started school when I was like four. I think I was in second grade, first mm-hmm. or second grade. Where we lived, it was like a mansion. It like used to be a mansion back in the day. And this big fucking house had been broken down into apartments, right? So it was like when you came in the front door into the foyer, right? There was like a little studio apartment right here. Uh And then if you go around back, there was a little two-bedroom apartment, Mm -hmm. whatever. And we lived around the back of it. And so when you came into the house, you came into the front door, our front door. You were in the kitchen. And then you went through the kitchen into my bedroom. Then you went through my bedroom into like this huge room that was like the living room slash my parents' bedroom. And then- And this you, is like an apartment? This is an apartment. Uh-huh. It's a big house, but this is our apartment of this house. Wow. Right? And so- I've then, never heard of that my whole life. Yeah, bro. It's crazy. We live downtown Newport News, bro. We live right next to the shipyard, like two blocks mm-hmm. from the courthouse. There was a titty bar next door to us, you know? And yeah, so then you would go through the big living room slash my parents' bedroom and my sister's room mm-hmm. was there, and then the bathroom. So, like, one day, I came home from school. I don't know, my mom and my sister were, like, in the bathroom crying, you know? Like, I could hear that I had to use the bathroom, there, so I'm, like, knocking at the—I'm six years old, bro. Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? And I'm just, like, knocking at the door, and they come out, and I can tell, obviously, they're upset, and my sister's like, can we tell him? And my mom's like, yeah, go ahead. And she's like, your father molested your sister. I don't know what that means. I'm like, like, okay, I got to go pee. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I went in and peed. And the crazy thing is, like, they told me that 
I didn't understand the weight of that. I didn't know what it meant. I mm -hmm. didn't, you know? And at the time, there was a thing called the Just Say No campaign that mm -hmm. was going on. It was like before D.A.R.E., you mm -hmm. know? It was like mm -hmm. Just Say No to Drugs, and there was T-shirts and whatever. And we had like an assembly at school. At the assembly... How old are you? Now I'm 36. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was born in 85. Mm -hmm. So this is like 91, 92-ish. We had an assembly at school, and they were telling... On the assembly, it was like don't take candy from strangers, like watch out for drugs and warning you about weed mm -hmm. and all this and that. And it was like, they had like one little segment that was like wrong places to like touch a kid. And they were talking about molesting and this and mm -hmm. that. And like, I'm starting to kind of grasp it, but like not really. And when we got back to the classroom, the teacher was like, does anybody know of this happening or anything? And I just raised Shut my hand. Up. Yeah, bro. I just like raised my hand. I was like, yeah, my dad molested my sister. Cause like at the time, bro, I was a class clown. Yeah, he didn't know. I was a class clown. Like, dude, I was throwing spitballs. I was constantly was like getting in trouble. Yeah. I thought it was a funny thing. The whole fucking class laughed, which is what I was looking for. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, everybody laughed at it. I'm like, okay, funny, right? And then like 30 minutes later, the guidance counselor came to get me and pulled me out of class. Mm -hmm. And took me to the office to further ask me about what I had just said. And that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I just fucked up, mm -hmm. right? Because it was like, even from an early age, bro, I was raised that, like, you don't talk about what goes on at home. Mm -hmm. Both my parents smoked weed. I didn't know it that at the time my father was an addict, like, was a coke addict and mm -hmm. smoked crack and all this and that. Like, I knew he drank a lot, and I knew my parents smoked weed, but I didn't know he did the other shit, you know? But I was told, like, you just don't talk about what goes on at home. Yeah. And so when they pulled me in to talk to me in the office, I was like, fuck, man, I just fucked up, bro, like... I remember the whole bus ride home just being terrified. Like, I'm going to have to tell my father. You thought your dad was going like, to whoop your ass? He's going to beat the fuck out of me, bro. Yeah. Like, he's going to beat my ass, you know? And I remember, dude, this is how, okay, this is how terrified I was. I got home and I told my mom. This is how terrified my mom was. My mom didn't, like, go break it to my father of, like, hey, by the way, Roy said something at school. It was like, nah, Roy's got something to tell you. And my oh mom my still, God. like, put that burden on me for me to tell him. As a kid? As a kid. like About that? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that I told on him, you know? My mom's terrified of what he's going to do to her, bro. Dude, yeah. I've woken up in the middle of the night with my father just beating the shit out of my mom. Like, my mom clutching her purse, I now know is because he was trying to get money drugs. for drugs. Mm -hmm. I remember waking up at, like, 2 a.m., bro. My mom's screaming bloody murder, you know? My, she's clutching her purse, and my dad's just over the top of her. Bah, 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 you know, wow. just beating her in the back. I remember my sister called the cops. That level of dysfunction is just so normal to me. Mm -hmm. I remember when that happened and the cops came, right? And my father just like took off. I was so pissed off because he was wearing my Dallas Cowboys hat that mm -hmm. I had just gotten for Christmas. And I was like, he wore my fucking hat, right? Like, fuck the fact that he just beat the shit out of my mom. You yeah. know, like I care about her and everything, but like, That's it was just normal, bro. It was normal. It was normal for my dad to get pissed off during dinner. And I remember vividly like him just standing up and slinging the plate of spaghetti, it hitting the wall and just sliding down. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like just like, movies. yo, fuck you. Like, yeah. just all this art. Bro, I remember one time I was like, I was like four and a half, five years old. And my dad had me with him at work one day. Mm -hmm. And we're on the ride home. I'm in the middle. My dad's driving. His friend's in the passenger seat. And I was like, we stopped at the store, like a 7-Eleven or something. I'm like, I'm thirsty. Dad, I'm thirsty, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, man, I ain't got no money. I wanted a yoo -hoo. And he's like, I ain't got no money. And I'm like, dude, like, so we get back in the car and he hands me his beer. Mm -hmm. Right. And he had given me a sip of beer before or whatever. But his friend starts like, yo, what are you doing, man? That's a kid. And he's like, yo, shut the fuck up. That's my kid, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Bro, we're pulling into our little trailer park that we lived in at the time. And they jump out the car. Now they're going at it, bro. My dad runs in the house and grabs a baseball bat, cracks this guy in the head. The guy takes the bat from my dad. My dad runs wow. back in the house to get a steak knife. This guy comes out the house with a pistol. And he told my mom the only reason he didn't shoot my dad is because me and my sister were standing there screaming, like, please don't kill my dad. It was just like a and lot this of this is over giving you a beer. This is over giving me a beer and then them having words. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? My dad's got a short fuse, pop off at the mouth, whatever. Back to like the whole molestation thing. So social services gets involved. They start an investigation. What did your dad say when you told him? He just broke down crying, you know? He uh, didn't beat your ass or anything? No, 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 no. He just broke down crying. Because like, I don't have a lot of memories of my young childhood because mm -hmm. like, it's our human nature that we block out a lot of bad shit. I remember specific things, but before the age of like eight years old, bro, everything's like a blur. But I remember him breaking down crying. He was upset. Like he fucked up. He knew he fucked up, you know? 
the story that we got or that was told in court or whatever was that he came out of the bathroom one night, hammered, and like fell into the bed mm -hmm. and thought it was my mom. We know that more went on than that. It wasn't just that one time that he did it, whatever. He also doesn't realize like the psychological effect that had on everybody, bro. Like yeah. not just my sister, dude. That shit fucked me up for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like I go through life Shame, like- Shame, whatever. Bro, is there something wrong with me? Am I mm -hmm. sick? Like, you know, I was telling my wife, bro, it's like, until about a year ago, you know, like sometimes you're in a grocery store mm -hmm. and there's like a little baby or a kid or something in the car and they're waving at you and shit, bro. I would like look away because I wouldn't want like the parent Someone to think, think that, that I'm looking at their kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And now that I have my son and shit, I'm just like, I'll see a baby and I'm like, what's up? Mm -hmm. And I'll make faces and yeah. I'm comfortable to do that now. Yeah, but there's a lot of shit. Like, like stuff happened to me in my childhood that I had a lot of fear about like, you know, growing up and like what happened to me and, and just like thoughts of like, maybe I'm not going to be a good parent or maybe there's something fucking wrong with me or whatever and it wasn't until like sponsorship where my sponsor was like bro you were a kid right you're you, not you responsible were, for that yeah bro you were fucking in first grade right but when stuff happens to you in first grade and even though you know like if this happened to somebody else you could easily be like bro that was like in first right. grade who cares right. right but when it happens to you it's like it's weird you can't identify your own shame right you know? <laughs> there's an eminem song right the the sing for the moment song mm -hmm. Right, the Aerosmith little chorus or whatever. That was your jam, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Okay, dude, that song like I love legit song too. Just gives me fucking goosebumps, mm -hmm. bro. Like because that verse where he's talking about this kid sags his pants, do rags in a stocking cap. His stepfather hit him, so he socked him back. His mm -hmm. house is a broken home. All this shit, right? That he talks about is literally like he was speaking my life. I was wow. like, yo, this motherfucker's like talking my shit, mm -hmm. right? And the crazy thing is, Eminem. I went through like growing up with him, like using drugs, and then M got in recovery, and then yeah. like shortly after, I I didn't follow him, but it's just yeah. weird. I shared that song recently with my father. I was like, mm -hmm. "Yo, I want you to listen to this." I sent him to like the YouTube link with mm -hmm. the lyrics. I was like, "Read the fucking lyrics on this shit." Is it bro. recently? Recently, like a wow. like a year ago, and I was like, "I want you to read that." And like, I was 16 when this song came out. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like. And I'm talking to my sister about this same song. Prior to me talking to her about the song, I'm asking her, I'm like, yo, like, this shit happened like 30-some years ago. Like, how the fuck does it still, like, affect you like that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a song from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it still affects you like that because there's shit. My sister was like, you know, there's times Your where, Your sister like, was asking why it affects you like no, that? No, I was asking her, how are you letting something that happened 30 years still ago? Like, you're almost you. 40, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you're 38, whatever, 39, like... How is it still affect like that shit happened when you were like eight years mm -hmm. old, you know? And I caught myself. I was like, I'm asking you how that affects you, but what? yet I'm talking about a song yeah. from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a song. That's giving you goosebumps. That's now. giving me goosebumps yeah. now. So it's like, like bringing me back to that emotion now. Yeah, you so know? Imagine what like childhood trauma does. Bro, you know it's I mean? crazy, man. She was like, she was like, you know, there's times where like my daughter's in the bed with me mm -hmm. and like ask me to rub her back and I rub her back. And then it gives me a flashback of mm -hmm. me asking to have my back rubbed and then something else happening. Mm -hmm. Bro, it's so fucked up. Like the whole shame, the guilt, everything that comes from that. I don't understand the mindset. What would have somebody, I don't understand sexual abuse in any sense of the form mm -hmm. of the word. You know what I mean? But much less like to a child, much less to your, your own, own child. child. Like, yeah. I just, I really can't wrap my head around it. Man, the only thing that I've ever grasped, I remember hearing some speaker talking about how he had someone stay at his house, a recovering addict, and this recovering addict like molested his daughter. And he went to trial and like he, this guy's doing years in prison. It didn't forgive the situation, but this guy talked about how he was molested as a kid. Right. This is just stuff that has passed down through generations. That motherfucker still deserves to be in jail, you know right. what I mean? But it's like, that's the only thing that I can come up with is that, just like how does someone punch their kid in the face? Right. It's like, dude, somebody did it before. someone right. punched them in the face when they were a kid. And I don't know, and, and some people have that experience and choose to go the opposite way. Just like how there's people who are like, yo, my parents are drug addicts, so I chose never to do drugs. To never do it, right, Bro, right. I was at the eye doctor the other day, and this lady was talking to me, and like we started talking about the podcast, and she's like, wow. And this lady was probably like 38. She was like, I've never had a sip of alcohol. I said, really? She's like, I've never had a sip of alcohol. I've never smoked weed. Never? She's like, not, not even tried it because her family has addicts. Holy shit. So it's like, it's interesting how someone can have the same experience and choose to right. well, like, do the opposite. Dude, me and my yeah. sister grew up in the same household. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like, she's not a drug addict. Yeah. She, she smoked weed a handful of times, like doesn't like alcohol, none of that, mm -hmm. you know? All that stuff about like the sexual abuse shit mm -hmm. and that happening, 
It makes me like super hyper aware. It makes me super fucking scared. Mm-hmm. Bro, you had a girl on the, on the episode a couple of weeks back, a couple of months ago or whatever, and she was talking about her babysitter. Yeah. When she was like nine years old, the babysitter, the girl mm-hmm. was like 15 or 16, took her in her room. And I'm just like, I'm hearing her tell that story. And I'm like, why? Like, why the fuck did that need to happen? Like, it's not fair to the nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. I understand whatever happened to the 15-year-old mm-hmm. happened, but I'm just like, bro, like, that shit scares me. Like, with my kid, I'm scared of, like, fuck, man, I don't want this to ever happen to him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's like... Yeah, and it's crazy because it's like, now that I'm an adult and I have, like, I don't have kids, but I have, like, two nieces. Right. You know, and my sister's crazy protective over her kids. And it's like, dude, I don't think 20 years ago it was like that. Right. 20 years ago, you know, like, there's that meme. Like, 20 years ago, we didn't have babysitters. It was like, yo, don't open the door. Right. That's <laughs> you know it. That's I mean? it. 100%. It was like, you watch yo, yourself. Yo, hey. I'll don't, be home at 6. Don't, I, don't care who, <laughs> I don't care who knocks on the door. You're not opening. I'll be back. For nobody. I'll be back at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Or it was like, yo, can you watch my kids? It'd be like your uncle's friend's cousin right, right. watching the kids. Yeah. And I think stuff obviously went on because look at where we're at. But at the same time, it's like people weren't talking about it. So right. a lot of times people have this like idea of like the pussy ass generation that we're in. People complain about, oh, this generation's too soft. You got fucking people complaining and crying. Well, guess what? The generation before was too hard. Right. So the generation, the generation before never talked about never anything. talked about anything. Right. N- no one shared their feelings. Men didn't show emotion. And now you have a new generation of men showing their emotions. History is constantly correcting itself. Right. We see this with fucking politics. We go really right one way, and then we go really left the other way, and it's like this pendulum. So it's like, why do you think that these people are getting soft? It's because their dad never cried. It's because they grew up in a household that, like, that wasn't allowed. And I I believe that balance is the key to everything. So it's like there's a balance somewhere. Right. But, you know, people that complain about this generation, like, well, who raised these kids? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, oh, kids these days. Motherfucker, your generation raised them. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like your generation had really tough parents. And then those kids had kids and they taught them about getting participation trophies. It is what it is. We make our own bed. So tell me about the story. So what happens after that? Yeah, so I tell, right, at school, obviously, like, Child Protective Services or whatever got involved. Basically, man, like, for the next two years, they were involved. So, like, they were, like, doing the home checks and all mm-hmm. this and that. Like, it it was going to trial. Like, they were taking it, you know, the state was pressing charges. Now, Virginia, what happens? Your dad still live at home when that happened? At the time, he still lived at home. I don't remember exactly those details. I, he still lived at home, and I know that, like, there was some shit going on as far as, like, there was an investigation, whatever. Whatever, whatever i didn't really see too much whatever was going on was like behind the scenes for me my father was a severe alcoholic drug addict abusive whatever right and then it's like bro for the next two years it was like we were on cloud dude those first six seven years of my life we lived from place to place mm-hmm. you know we lived with my aunt and uncle for a little while we moved into a motel for six months we moved into a trailer park for a year we moved into that apartment for two years we we were just like bouncing around we were always between newport news and hampton they're like neighboring cities right mm-hmm. it was just like we were here we were there we were here we were there we never had like any place like dude there was times we never had christmas presents we didn't have a lot of shit the christmas presents we got were like from my mom's friends or co-workers and shit right and i always like wondered like why the fuck did we we lived on welfare we got the government cheese the big tubs of peanut butter food stamps when it was like money you know my mom would give me like five dollars and tell me i could go get whatever i wanted mm-hmm. and i'd be like picking up chips and soda and then i'd put that back because i saw this and i had to learn how to fuck and get Budget, what I needed yeah. on that $5 because that was it, you know? And then all of a sudden, bro, it's like when that happened, bro, the next two years, it was like we were living large. Mm-hmm. I remember that Christmas, bro. I think it was like Christmas in 92 or 93 or whatever. Um, Bro, like the Christmas presents went from the dining room, like flooding into the living room, into the kitchen. There were mm-hmm. so many presents it was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I was like, yo, up. Santa got the right house this year, bro. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. But but because he didn't fuck up all the money, you know? Not just that. So he's all, I mean, you got to realize your dad's probably also making up for all this shit. Right. So, well, that, but know. like the biggest thing was he would go on binges. Mm-hmm. So he would pay the rent, he would pay the electric bill, and then he would fuck up two or three paychecks in a row. Mm-hmm. Dude, my dad one time disappeared for like three days and then comes back home with a bullet hole in the front window and telling my my mom that he was held hostage for three days this is why you can't tell my mom like a blah 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 bullshit story mm-hmm. 
If my mom asks you what happened, you can't just be like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. She no, wants no, no. all the details. No. Where'd you go next? What'd they say? What happened after that? Mm-hmm. That's why I have like this way of telling yeah. stories because I have to tell you every detail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he disappears for like three days. But then my mom's like, okay, so when you broke free, like, did you go to the police? And he's like, of course I did. She's like, oh, okay. So then you must have talked to the sheriff. He's like, yeah, what was his name? I'm going to call there right now. She's going to follow up, bro. She's yeah. not buying your bullshit, you mm-hmm. know? He would just fuck up the money, you know, and put us behind on rent. We're getting mm-hmm. evicted, whatever. I mean, he made decent money, you know? Mm-hmm. So then he went to court, and it was either 93 or 94. I think it might have been 94. I was eight. So, yeah, I was going to be nine in December. And he went to court, and he got sentenced to 20 years with 13 suspended. That's because my father was a career criminal. My father's been going to prison. Wait, he got 20 years for what? For the molestation. Whatever it was with a minor under 13, whatever, because my sister was like eight at the time when it happened. But my father's wow. been going to prison since he was 16 years so old. So because he had a rap record, yeah. it was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, My father's like 60-some now, and he spent more than half his life in prison. He got 20 with 13 suspended. Shortly after that, it was like prior to him going to prison, my parents had like all these friends, right? All their smoking mm-hmm. buddies, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And that's what like early childhood was like. It was like their friends would come over to smoke and shit, and they would tell us kids to go outside. Mm-hmm. Which back then, you didn't have to really tell a kid to go outside. we go outside and play, yeah. you know? It was just like always get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. We're doing stuff. There was one friend, though, this guy Klaus, mm-hmm. who was like a mutual friend of the family, whatever. But like we loved Klaus. Like mm-hmm. me and my sister loved him. He was the only adult that would like go out and kick the soccer ball with us, that mm-hmm. would take us to fly kites, that would like take us to play tennis and all this and that. So when my father went to prison, he asked him like, yo, will you go by and check on my kids and, like, teach my kid to, like, throw the ball around and the shit that I never did. Mm -hmm. And so Klaus was coming around, and then him and my mom ended up hooking up. Mm. And then he became my stepdad. And at first it was like, you're not my fucking dad. Who, You know, why are you telling me to chew with my mouth closed and all this shit? Like, who are you? And I was getting in a lot of trouble, man. I was, like, nine years old. Yeah, when you're a kid, you don't realize how much, like, that shit affects you. Because when I was a kid, like, dude, my dad was so strict. Dude, like, I grew up with a dad that's, like, when you walk into someone's house, you say, yes, ma'am, no, sir. You look them in the eye. You shake their hands. And there was times where my dad would be like, yo, say hello, shake his hand. And I'd be like, I just did. He'd like, I didn't see you. And I'd be like, this is mad weird, bro. Why do I got to do this? Now that I'm an adult, I see that some people don't have that ability to be like, hello, I'm Brian. Nice to meet you. Like, they just don't have... He wants you to be assertive. Yeah, he wanted me to be like assertive, respectful, and and make eye contact and like how to hold the fork. Bro, my dad used to throw the fucking plate when I couldn't hold the fork the right, right. way and chewing with my mouth open. You know, you meet people that don't know how to hold the fork. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it's like now that I'm an adult, I can see that maybe he didn't go about it the nicest way. Right. But I learned that shit. Yeah, dude. I remember one time my, my stepdad used to tell me like not to run outside with my shoe with in just my socks. He'd be mm-hmm. like, put your shoes on. You're tracking dirt in the house, blah, blah, blah. And I kept doing it. And like one day I come in the house, I just ran out to say something to my mom Mm -hmm. real quick. And I come back in and he took like my Timberland and all of a sudden, wham, he just like smashed my foot. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck? He was like, yo, I told you stop going outside. You know, like that's his way to like teach you a lesson. So he comes in the picture. Of course, it was that defiance, like, yo, you're not my dad, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I think I was, like, nine years old. You know, like, me and my friend, like, stole a pack of cigarettes from my mom. We would go up behind this this uh, grocery store, like, off in the woods, and we would just smoke cigarettes all day. Like, smoke the whole pack. The you know, way. you're supposed to be back by 3.30. Yeah. I come home at, like, 4 o'clock. I'm late. Whatever. I did this two days back-to-back, right? But the second day, we were, like, jumping the fence. And we're just dumb kids, bro. Reckless shit. And I found a roll of duct tape. So mm-hmm. I ran, like, duct tape all over these people's backyard from, like, fence to fence, whatever, jumped the fence, and we're, like, going through this alley, and I see, like, this fucking black cat go into, like, the culvert, like, the little ditch concrete mm-hmm. thing. I didn't know any better. I'm not a fucking sociopath or anything. But, like, back then it was, like, black cats are bad. Like, if mm-hmm. a black cat, cr- whatever, and I was like, yo, we should kill the cat. So I took the lighter and I start trying to light the fucking, the straw or whatever, like on fire. Mm -hmm. And it's like not catching. I'm back there like clicking this fucking lighter. It's not catching on fire. So I'm like, fuck it. We leave. We go smoke cigarettes all day. We come back home like 30 minutes late, right? And my sister's friend like saw me off in the woods. I ran in the store to steal lighters because this kid was like, yo, I'll give you $10 for 10 lighters. I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, I got you. I'll go steal them. So I went and stole them. and And the girl was like, yo, I see you and Charlie out there. I'm like, bitch, what are you talking about? I'm not smoking. So I get home, I hop in the shower right away, but Mm -hmm. I didn't brush my teeth. I hear the phone ring. My mom comes in. 
She's like, come here. Let me smell your breath. That girl's grandma, like, called and told my mom that you were smoking, smoking, right? Mm -hmm. I got my ass beat for that. The next day, the kid whose house I was supposed to be at that I never even went to is a kid we called Chub Rock. Mm -hmm. Didn't fucking hang out. A little fat kid. And he comes down the street with this woman. I'm I'm on punishment, so I'm in my room. I see the woman coming. I'm like, who the fuck is that? She knocks on the door. I burned her fucking fence down when I was trying to light the straw on fire Uh that I thought didn't catch on fire. It caught caught on fire and burnt this lady's privacy fence down. Mm -hmm. Dude, do you know what a carpet beater is? Mm -mm. Okay, like an area rug that you would hang over and they'd use this fucking bamboo stick to beat the fucking dirt out. My mom beat my ass with that fucking carpet. Bro, I had like the Olympic rings, it looked like, all over my ass. (laughs) Dude, welt so bad from that shit. So <laughs> and back in the day, they probably like that was a really good parent. That was a good parent. <laughs> yeah, dude. like she beat my ass. It wasn't she, the like, lady was like, "I'm not gonna press charges." Because <laughs> yeah. my mom was like, "I'm gonna light his ass up. Don't worry about it." Yeah, back then you know? it was like, "Yo, don't even worry about the fence. If you don't, beat his ass, just beat his <laughs> ass." Beat his and my mom was like, "I got you." Yeah. You know, I was young. My father just went to prison, so of course I'm acting out. I'm getting in a lot of trouble. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Spratly Middle School, which is the middle school I was going to be going to the next year because I was in fifth grade. This kid died at the middle school I was going to go to. Uh I was still in elementary. I was in fifth. And uh, these two kids got in a fight, and it was just a freak accident, man. The one kid got pushed the wrong way, hit his head on the seat, and it fucking killed him. And my mom was like, oh, my God, like, Roy's going to get into all this shit, whatever. I was starting to get in fights at school and stuff. My mom moves us to the middle of fucking nowhere, bro. Like, the middle of nowhere. It was, like, December 1st of 95 Mm -hmm. right i remember my mom packing us up to like move and when you're young like that an hour drive feels like all fucking day cross and i go from like this city kid to like bro i'm just seeing like cornfield cornfield we got to a hardy's Mm -hmm. right which is like a carl's jr y'all don't have it in florida (laughs) but carl's jr either you don't have carl's jr either i know but you know what a hardy's is right so we no, get to this we get to this one corner and uh-huh. there's a Texaco and a Hardee's. Yeah. This is like the Damn first sign of civilization mm-hmm. that I've seen in forever. And I felt like Christopher Columbus when they were like, thought the <laughs> earth was flat. And if we go further, we're falling off this motherfucker, uh-huh. right? Like this is the end of the world right here. And bro, it was just such a culture shock, dude. Cause like I was such a city kid. And this is like Redneckville, USA, bro. It mm-hmm. was just like hunting and all this shit that I don't do, right? All these kids are listening to rap. Yeah, well, I mean, back then at that age, I was listening to rock. I was still listening to shit my parents listened to, Mm -hmm. which is fucking ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne and all that shit. You know, I didn't have, like, my music (laughs) sense yet, but I was just a city kid, though. You know, the fact that I had on butter cookies and I didn't have, like, the name brand. I Mm -hmm. had Rawlings tennis shoes. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that shit didn't matter, right, where I come from. And, like, I'm at this place where, like, all these kids got money. Like, I'm at a place, bro, where, like, okay— these motherfuckers have so much history that, like, I go to school with a bunch of Haywoods. There's a part of town called Port Haywood, right? Wow. I go to school with Hudgens. There's a part of so the town called Hudgens. So you moved in the middle of nowhere, but it, middle was, of nowhere. but it was upper middle class. No, dude, there was, like, yeah, for the most part. Okay. For the most part. There the people who have people. their roots have been here forever. Their families own the plantations. You know what I mean? Like, this is what it is. And I just didn't really fit in. At mm-hmm. first, it was like, all right, whatever, I'm the new kid. But then, like, I just started bumping heads with everybody. Like, these Mm -hmm. kids, I remember hearing this speaker one time that talked about remembering the first time his ego was awoken when he was, like, seven years old. And Mm -hmm. I was like, how the fuck do you remember the first time your ego was awoken? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, like, it just dawned on me. I'm, like, fifth grade. The first time I ever cared about, like, what shoes I had on, that I'm not good enough, that I don't fit in, you know what I mean? That's the first time that, like, all that shit started to matter. Now, mm-hmm. at 36 years old, one of the first things I do is still look at what sneakers you got on, mm-hmm. right? I don't really give a shit, but it's just like this yeah. fucking ingrained thing of like, you ain't got the right sneakers on, mm-hmm. you know? I don't care anymore, but it's still with me, right? And so like, I start getting picked on, made fun yes. of. My mom moves us an hour, mm-hmm. like Northeast, right? My mom gets a post office box another like 45 minutes Northwest. Point being so that my father, when he writes letters, thinks that we live in this area over here. My mom cuts us off completely from his side of the family. Mm -hmm. All of our friends from back on the other side of the water, like, we don't really talk to them anymore. And we just moved to the middle of fucking nowhere, bro. Like, me and my sister were so used to, like, when we would move to a new neighborhood, it was just like, bro, you go around and knock on the doors and be like, hey, do you have any kids? Like, we just moved to the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And you got 15 friends, like, on your block, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Bro, I'm living on 25 acres of land. Wow. There's two huge fucking cornfields in front of my house. The, my closest neighbor is a football field away. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, they ain't got no fucking kids. It's like, if you don't <laughs> got a car, bro, you're beat. Yeah. It's a middle wow. of nowhere, dude. It's such a culture shock. And dude, I was like an A-B honorable student. Like, I was good. I, I was always that kid that the, your son has so much potential that yeah. he would just apply himself, mm -hmm. you know? But I was, I was really good in math and science. And then, like, fifth grade, I still did pretty good. And then sixth grade, I just started failing everything. Mm -hmm. Bro, I was coming home with Fs and Ds on everything, you know? I remember my stepdad being like, yo, what, what's the deal? Like, what's going on? And I didn't want to tell them, you know what I mean? I'm like, finally, I broke down. I was like, yo, I can't fucking concentrate at school. Like, these kids are flicking my ear. I'd gotten suspended in the third grade for getting in a fight mm -hmm. and got my ass beat, so I didn't want to get suspended again. Because we were on welfare... In order for my mom to, like, continue to get, like, Medicaid for me and my sister and food stamps and all that, she had to at least do volunteer work. So my mom started volunteering at the school cafeteria. Bruh, we're broke. We ain't got shit. Mm -hmm. Your mom's the fucking lunch lady. Like, it's just coming at me from all angles, wow. you know? I'm just like, what the fuck? Why'd you have to work at my school? Like, what the <laughs> fuck, you know? I realize now, though, my mom knew that going to take that position, because my father always told her, you leave me if you want to. I'll hunt you down like a fucking dog. Mm -hmm. You can have your daughter, but I'm going to get my son. Even though we were both his kids, it was mm -hmm. like, that's your daughter. That's my son. Wow. You'll think he's at recess, and I'm going to fucking get him, and I'll kill you. And my mom believed that he would kill her. So my mom took that position because she could take us to school and be done when and we got out. I didn't know that then, that it was mm -hmm. like a safety thing for her to like make sure we were okay. Mm -hmm. It was just like, Ma, you're fucking me up right now. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. getting made fun, whatever. I'm telling them, I'm like, yo, like, I can't concentrate. These kids are fucking with me, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, my, and my stepdad was like, you go to the biggest, baddest one, the next person to put their fucking hands on you, you bust their ass. I guarantee you it'll stop. Brian, <laughs> I got suspended about 12 times hmm. in the sixth grade. And I really believe that, like, fighting became my first addiction. Like, the adrenaline that I got from it. I didn't find out until much later in life going through therapy and mm -hmm. shit like that, right, that, like, that was, like, my inner child that used to watch my mom get beat up that I couldn't do anything to help. Hmm. Because once I kicked a couple of kids' asses and got in a fight, they were like, oh, shit, like, could fight. fuck yeah. with him if you want to. Like, he's going to throw down. Like, whether you get me or I get you, it don't matter. We're going to go. But then that transitioned into, like— Were you a big kid in sixth grade? No, nah, dude. Oh, I started little... school when I was four. Yeah, I'm, I'm with a grade that, like, I'm not supposed to be with yet. Yeah. So I was average. I was average below average okay. because of the kids I was but with. you weren't huge now. <laughs> no, I had, a, I had a growth spurt from, like, sophomore to junior year. I okay. shot up like a foot. No, back then, dude, I was, like, below average, mm -hmm. you know? But I just had hands, you know what I mean? I just, I would black out, bro. I remember one time this kid fucking, like, threw my pencil across the table, and I just jumped up, whopped him in the face. I grabbed him by the head and was trying to legit break his fucking neck on mm -hmm. the back of the chair. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just like spaz out, like, fuck you, you know? I was just get that adrenaline rush of like, don't fuck with me, bro. And then it was like, that transitioned into like, there was this one kid, Joe, that used to always get shoved in the lot. Everybody beat on this kid, picked on this kid, whatever. And I would start to jump in and be like, yo, why don't you touch me? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I recognize at that age, at, even at a young age, those kids that are bullies, bro, they got some shit wrong with them. For sure. That's why they feel better by putting somebody else down. Yeah, they probably you know? get their ass whipped by their dad. All the time, mm -hmm. you know? And it's fucked up. It's sad. My mom works at the school, so, like, mm -hmm. every time I get in trouble or ISS, right there. bro, I'm in ISS, and you go to, like, a separate lunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? The little quick fucking 20-minute mm -hmm. lunch. And my mom's in, the, I don't even go in to get my food. I just like sit at the table and put my head down. Mm -hmm. And my mom comes over talking to my buddy. And she's like, what are you doing in ISS? And he's like, oh, yeah, me and Roy. And she looks, she didn't even know I was in ISS. I had my head down, you know, mm -hmm. he just dying me out. And, uh, but she got tired of like, every time the principal's coming down the hall, my mom's like, fuck, what did he do now? You know, and my mom's telling him, she's like, yo, like my kid's not starting this shit. Like they're putting their hands on him. He's defending himself. But dude, it's like. I'm not from here. Mm -hmm. I'm the bad seed. I come to the school and I'm getting in all these fights and it's like these kids have been here and their parents went to school here and their grandparents went to school here no and issues. they're on as the yeah. teacher and they've never had an issue before and your son seems to be the problem, you mm -hmm. know? You've got New Year's goals and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh's festive fare collection features limited time recipes made with seasonal produce and premium proteins. Get out of the post-holiday slump with these elevated winter classics. Eating well is top of mind this month and it's comforting to know you always get top quality with HelloFresh. 
Ingredients travel from the farm to you in less than seven days, so you know they're fresh. If you know me, you know I hate cooking. I'm not someone who's going to go to the grocery store twice a week and cook food for an hour and a half. Um, I got a pretty busy life, and ever since I started with HelloFresh, it's made everything so much easier. The ingredients are super healthy. I can make it in just a couple minutes at home, and I've always been super happy with everything that they deliver right to my door. After coming home from a long day to fresh food and recipe, it's made my life so much easier. Go to HelloFresh.com exit 21 and use code exit 21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com exit 21. Use code exit 21 for America's number one meal kit. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I remember seventh grade. My parents told me, they were like, if you don't get anything lower than a C and you don't get suspended, we'll get you a dirt bike. I was like, bet. Mm -hmm. Bro, in seventh grade, like I did okay. Like I wasn't getting in fights no more, whatever. And, <laughs> and we, were in, we were in gym class. We were playing volleyball. And this kid, I'm not going to say his full government, mm -hmm. but this kid named Chris, we're playing volleyball. And he didn't like, like, we got assigned our fucking teams, right, by your squad, like what mm -hmm. group you were in. And he didn't like the team that we were on because there was a bunch of girls. And he's pissed off, so he's pouting. He's sitting on the sideline. Like, he asked somebody, like, yo, can I serve after, like, sitting out? And he goes to serve, and he just, like, completely knocks it out of bounds, whatever. We make fun of him. He goes back, sits back down. A couple times later, it's my turn to serve, and this kid comes up, like, yo, let me get the ball. And I was like, nah, bro, you ain't been playing the whole time. Like, go, get out of here. And he's like, give me the ball. And I was like, no, bro. Like, it's my turn to serve. Get the fuck out of here. And he legit, bro, grabs me with both hands by the throat, mm -hmm. okay? And he goes to go, like, give me the fucking ball. All he get, you know, give me the boom. I shove him off. I hit him with the ball, and I just clock him once. When he grabbed me by the throat, everybody in the class goes, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. The teacher looks, and I'm clocking the kid. That's mm -hmm. all the teacher saw was me hit the kid. So now I'm in the office, like, defending myself. Bro, like, I didn't hit the kid for no fucking reason. Whole shit swole up, you know? Needless to say, I didn't get a dirt bike. Eighth grade, same shit happened. Another situation, I got in a fight, whatever. In this town, I'm getting a lot of fights, whatever, whatever. By the time I get in, like, ninth grade, I got a good reputation for myself, but I'm now hanging with all the wrong kids. Mm -hmm. I'm hanging with all the kids that failed a couple years before us. Around this time, I think I was in, like, ninth grade, my sister was, like, stealing bud from my parents mm -hmm. for her boyfriend. My sister don't smoke. My sister hates the smell of weed, doesn't like anything to do with weed. I wonder if people still call it bud. I don't know. <laughs> I've been out the game so long. I was you know like, what I'm that's what we used to call it. <laughs> that yeah. OG Kush. You know what I mean? I've been out the game so long, so I don't know. But uh, Crippy. Yeah, the crippy <laughs> joint. The little Khalifa weed. Mm. But no, she was stealing bud for her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And like she went to school one day. I guess she had like a little dime sack or whatever and was like trying to give it to her boyfriend and they broke up. So she's like on the bus on the way home, like crying over her breakup or whatever. And this kid, like all of a sudden I see that like she's got butt. I'm like, yo, what are you doing with that? And she was like, oh, it was for fucking Matt or whatever. He, he dumped me today. And she was like going to give it to this. Other I'm like, yo, if you're going give to give it to me, what are mm -hmm. you doing? You know? I was like 13. Mm -hmm. I realized what my sister was doing. I never even thought about it. You know, my parents would roll a joint or something and like leave their sack out. And my sister would just scoop up the shake mm -hmm. or she would go in and just steal Take a nug, a nug out. Yeah. And they would never notice. They never thought about it. Bro, I started doing that all the time. Were you smoking already? No, not yet. So, but I started doing that and I would just save it up. I would mm -hmm. save up until I had a fat sack. I knew enough of watching my parents to like break it down and pull the seeds out and mm -hmm. get the stems and shit out, right? They were smoking and rags? They were smoking rags back mm -hmm. in the day, dude. And uh, <laughs> back in the day, that Reggie Bush, you know, but I knew enough to do that. We rolled a joint. It was, I know. <laughs> it was like, man, my joint was whack, whatever. But I smoked. <laughs> yeah, I right? remember the first couple of times I rolled a joint. It was horrible. Dude, it was like all aerated and shit. There was shit like I popped holes in it, you know. <laughs> But we we did enough to like smoke it right, and like I heard a lot of people say like the first time they smoked they don't really remember getting high. Mm -hmm. I do, bro. I remember like I just remember feeling kind of good, but I remember like I think I fell asleep on the front porch, mm -hmm. and I came in and my buddy Kenny's sitting there eating like fucking frosted mini wheats, like just going to town, 
And I'm like, dude, why the fuck did you leave me out there? He's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> you know, like, how you forget? I was like, and then I go to the bathroom and I got dirt all on my face. I'm, I'm like, sleeping. bro, why the fuck didn't you tell me I had dirt on my face? He's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> you know, and we were just, you know, we were high. Yeah. I remember I liked the feeling. It didn't set something off in me that I needed to do it every day or nothing like that. I just like, I wanted to do it. I liked the way it felt, you mm -hmm. know? My mom asked me about that sometimes because she's like, do you think that, like, there was, you know, shit so wrong? I was like, mom, no. Like, it started out as fun. Like, dude, that's the thing. With any addict, right, we started drinking. We started popping pills. We started doing whatever the fuck we were mm -hmm. doing. It felt good at first. Like, nobody destroyed their life overnight. Nobody sought out, like, I want to fucking ruin my family. Mm -hmm. I want to break everything that they have and take everything away from them. It started out. It felt good. It was fun. I think I want to do it again. Mm -hmm. So 13, I started smoking here and there every couple of weeks type of thing. And my parents weren't big drinkers, but they used to have a liquor cabinet for like their friends. And as things progressed, I started smoking more. I started going to the liquor cabinet and I would fill out my bottle like mm -hmm. off my mountain bike like this. You know, I'd put like a little bit of Mad Dog 2020, a little bit of Irish Rose, <laughs> a little wild turkey, like a just concoction. Yeah, the same thing. Drink it on the fucking school bus, you know? You know, it went like that for like a long time, bro. Like... The crazy thing is I swore that I'd never do coke because I found out, like, my father was a coke addict and everything like that. And I think I sniffed coke when I was, like, 15, mm -hmm. you know, for the first time. Every Most of the hard shit that I ever did was with my best friend. Like, he did it first and was like, yo, you want to try it? And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you're straight, so why not, you know? I started sniffing a little bit of powder here and there, whatever, and, you know, popping some perks and shit like that. And Oxys hadn't really hit where I was at yet. Um, Oxys didn't really hit, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. I was probably like 17, 18 when I first experienced the Oxy. Mm -hmm. My boy was like, yo, it's just like a perk without the fucking acetaminophen. You know what I mean? Like take the Tylenol out of it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and he had an Oxy 80 and we split that bitch in four and he gave me a corner joint. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, 20 milligrams, you know? And I remember I rocked that 20 milligrams, bro. And like, <laughs> bro, I was like good all night. You know, I was like, holy mm -hmm. fuck, dude, that was good. But it was like. I didn't need to do this shit every day. You know what I mean? I wanted to smoke bud every day and that was it. And it was like, the weird thing is like growing up, right? So like I had my mother who never told me anything. My mother was just like, I'd never been to jail, which she hasn't. I never did this. I never did that. Like everything was a secret. I knew she smoked bud, but like nothing else. And then I had my stepdad who would tell me stories about back in the day, how he used to go down to Charlotte and pick up 70 pounds of bud every month. And he would break it down and he would sell 60 to a dude in, in Tennessee. And then he would sell, you know what I mean? And it was like, and then they started running to Miami to fucking get Coke and they would get kilos of Coke. So it was like, I had nothing. And then I had what sounded like Scarface. Yeah. And I idolized like George Young and Scarface and I want to be this dope boy mm -hmm. and everything. Oh, so let me back it up. When I'm like 13 and I'm smoking weed all the time, starting to, my mom keeps finding bongs and paraphernalia or whatever. And she's telling me I can't smoke. You, you can tell me I can't smoke cigarettes time. because yeah. I'm a fucking minor, right? And it's illegal. But, like, weed's illegal for everybody. You're going to get in more <laughs> trouble than I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you work at the school. So, like, I'm a fucking minor, you know? You can't tell me I can't smoke. But my mom, like, one day loads me in the car with my sister and, like, takes me to my grandparents' house, my stepdad's parents. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm calling my stepdad dad. He's yeah. like my dad, like you know? Dad. Yeah. So she takes me to my grandparents' house and has me sitting down in front of my grandpa, who's a fucking Vietnam War veteran. I cannot tell this man a lie, no matter how bad I want to. Mm -hmm. Fucking black man who would just fucking, like, when he looks at you, he's looking through your soul. And he knows. So she sits me down in front of him, though, and, like, he's telling me about when he was in Vietnam and his friends were smoking weed and they got their heads blowed off. And, like, what makes you think it's okay? And I was like, I don't know. Like, maybe the fact that my fucking mom does. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, he didn't know that. Yeah. Like, yo, you had the audacity to bring me here in front of Grandpa? Like, so I'm like, the bad one? I got it from you. So she just keeps telling me, I can, I can, I can, I can't, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I remember one day, I think I was 15, 16, my stepdad had taken me to my buddy's house because he was friends with my friend's dad. And we came home, and he was packing a bowl. I was outside playing basketball or whatever. I came in, and he was like, my dad would always, like, make the mistake of, like, trying to pass me the joint in rotation because I might be sitting, and he'd be like, oh, shit, and give it to his friend. <laughs> and so, like, we're sitting there. It's just me and him, and he, like, goes to hand me the bowl. I'm like, yo, dad. And he, like, pulled it back. He's like, oh, fuck. I was like, man, I wish you would just throw me that shit, you know? And he's like, man, I would, but your mom. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, it's between me and you. Like, she'll never know. I swear to God, mm -hmm. you know? 
So he threw it to me and we started smoking. And then like, he used to drive a semi-truck. He owned a semi-truck, so he'd be gone like throughout the week. So he went up, took a shower. He was getting ready to leave for the week. And he threw me like a bowl pack and was like, here you go. Like, I'll smoke one more with you and here's something for you, whatever. And then he came back. I was like, I wonder if like, this is going to be like a, a thing. A thing. Yeah. And he came in like the next weekend and we did it again. And I was like, bet. Like, this, I told mm -hmm. my boy Jason, I was like, yo, this is the best. Like, I'll mm -hmm. smoke it with my dad, da, 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 da. I remember it was like around Father's Day. So it was like June of 2002 because it was junior to my senior year. Mm -hmm. I remember like me and my boy Jason gave my dad some hydro. We had some hydro. Mm -hmm. And Jason was like, yo, I want to hook your dad up. Like, he's going to. So we gave him like probably a dime sack of dro, right? They told me to cut the grass. Like I had to cut the grass and shit. So I'm mm -hmm. out there cutting the grass and like my mom like waves me over and I, and she's like, listen, I know what you do. I've been knowing what you did. I can't stop you from doing it. But all I'm going to say is like, if you are going to do it, do it at the house. Don't be stupid about it. I'm like, oh shit, this is the best. Like mm -hmm. she's finally like just getting off my back and letting me smoke. And then she was like, so how much you got? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait till you see this shit. Cause I, I ain't got that reg bullshit. Y'all been yeah, smoking. Like, fire. I got dro. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I got some fucking sponge dro shit right now. <laughs> wait till you see this shit, ma. And I went up and got it and I showed her. And then my dad, like, comes and gives me the bag back, like, that me and Jason, just, he's like, yo, take this back and then give it back to me. He's smoking on the side. Cause, like, mm -hmm. him and my mom ain't got no weed. You know what I mean? Like, she don't know that I gave him weed. this dro. Yeah. So he's like, give it back, you know? From that point, me and my parents are smoking together. Now, all of a sudden, like senior year of high school, like my house is the house to be at because like all my friends can come over. Mm -hmm. Bro, I remember on like 420, we rolled a joint that weighed seven grams, seven and a half grams. <laughs> yeah. It was a quarter ounce joint. Mm -hmm. Like we took four J-O-B 1.5s and put them together and used the glue from the other ones. Mm -hmm. And we rolled it and then we weighed it on the scale. Was, you know what I mean? That was just like, <laughs> yo, I was like having the time of my life though. Like yeah. all my boys could come to the house. We could all smoke now. We mm -hmm. didn't have to hide it no more. It was just like, it was heavy. Heaven, you know, fucking black light posters and the skunk weed and all this shit and gravity like, bongs, all that. Bro, bro, I had been having all that. You mm -hmm. know, my mom just kept fucking. I'd come home and there'd be a bong, and my mom would be like, "What is?" And I'm like, "Mom, you know what it is. Like, what are we doing? Like, I'm, you know, my mom let me like grow weed in her tomato garden. <laughs> so funny. you know, yo, that was the time of my life, bro. Like, shit mm -hmm. was good. I drank, bro. I did some ecstasy here and there. I sniffed some coke. I did some oxy's every now and again, but nothing ever grabbed me, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, the only thing I ever wanted to do, like, I was like, I'm gonna smoke till I die. Like, that was my shit. You know, I like to smoke. This is the shit to be fucking with me sometimes, bro, because sometimes I'd be like, yo, am I really an addict, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I transitioned when I got put on probation because I got caught for possession of marijuana in today's world is legal, yeah. right? So then sometimes my mind would be like, oh, well, if it was today, like, I never even would have got put on paper, so yeah. I wouldn't have had to take a drug test and blah, 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 you know? I got a possession of marijuana charge. I had just turned 18. Mm -hmm. It was, like, my birthday, my sister's boyfriend took me to a strip club and we got caught by the cops in the parking lot, underage possession of alcohol, possession of marijuana, blah, blah, blah. I got uh, put on probation for that. Dude, just like one thing after the other kept happening, right? Like legal troubles and shit. Like my mom got it. My mom and dad split up and then my mom got a new boyfriend. I remember like 06 was like the worst year of my life, bro. Like at this point I was selling oxys. I was addicted to the money, you know, down here, you guys had the pill mills and shit like that. Right? We didn't have that like pain management in Virginia. In order to get into pain management, you had to have a referral and then there was a waiting list. So you mm -hmm. might have to wait a month or two before you could get into pain management. Like mm -hmm. you couldn't just go get the MRI and yeah. go to the, whatever. When I first seen an oxy 80, you can get an oxy 80 for like 30, 40 bucks. Wow. By this time, oxys are a dollar a milligram. Oh, six. They're, they're straight up a dollar a milligram. And we have a bunch of friends at this point who haven't transitioned over to heroin yet. Because mm -hmm. they're in the fucking middle of nowhere. These kids, Newport News and Hampton, even though it's an hour mm -hmm. away across the water, like they don't know anybody over there, yeah. right? I do. So I can go over to Hampton and I can get oxy 40s for 20 a pop. So I'm paying 50 cent a milligram, but I can take them back and sell them for a dollar milligram. Listen, bro, I was never no kingpin. I, what I <laughs> wanted to be, yeah. I never was. But like the closest I would do to a deal is like two for 75. And even though like, and I never had that mindset, like even though like if you came and bought one for 40 bucks, mm -hmm. this one is technically free. I don't want to do it though, because the way I saw it was like, I can get 40 for this one. That's the same as me spending 40 on this pill. Like yeah. I'm not spending 40 on a fucking pill. What I would do is like when I would re-up, my dude would like front me 20 or 30 at first and I'd go back and I'd get off him. I'd come back, back and forth, back and forth. In a couple of days, I'd run through, you know, all of his script for the month. Mm -hmm. And then I had to wait until next month before we do it again. 
When I would get down to where I had like three or four people left, going to, to multiple. Oh, boxes. they had multiple people, but yeah. this one specific connect that I had, and I wanted to rob him, dude. He was like, <laughs> he won't build right. He was like five foot two. I could have mm -hmm. easily, but I knew it was like this is a good connect. You like, fuck it up. do yeah. it front me, whatever. But when I would get down to where I had like three or four left, I would do one. Like I like to get high. Like mm -hmm. I like to do them. I just didn't want to spend my money on them like that. Yeah. It was always more about the money than anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd gotten to the point, I think I was like 18. My mom had started charging me rent. Like my dad had, had moved out. So my mom's charging me rent. And I used to pay my mom rent with an ounce of weed. Wow. You know, like I would go get a QP, mm -hmm. break it down. I'd throw my mom a half ounce. And like, that was my rent money for the week, you know, because she was going to go to her dude and buy it anyway, yeah. you know? So it was like, but then when I realized like, yo, the, the money in weed is so small, like the margins are so small where mm -hmm. I could like double up my money with the with the pills yeah you got to sell a shit ton of weed to make money it wouldn't cost me anything but mm -hmm. i wasn't coming ahead you yeah. know where like the oxys bro it always kept money in my pocket like i would meet people at the mall i could go buy i could go buy jordans or whatever the fuck i wanted you know like i always had gas money i always had money on me you know mm -hmm. what i mean i always had a job too though that's the thing like i was yeah. an electrician i always had a job i never like went without a job bro like things just progress man like it's what happened was 06 the reason i say it's the worst year of my life is like my mom and dad had been split up for like a year. All of a sudden, I come home one day and like, bro, I had two 12s in the trunk. You could hear me coming from a mile away. <laughs> and we had a long ass fucking driveway. And I'm coming down the driveway and I see this truck. Guy came out the door with like two little kids and they got in the truck and it was like a construction truck. So I'm just thinking like, dude must be at the house, like fixing something or whatever. And he leaves. I've been gone for like three days. And my mom comes up and she's like, oh. I got a new friend. Her and my stepdad have been together for the last 10 years, bro. Like, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that they're, like, going to get back together. You know, he's, like, the only dad they that I've had. ever known. And I told him when they split up, like, yo, even if you and mom aren't together, like, you're my dad, bro. Like, you fucking raised me. Mm -hmm. I've known him since I was four. I'm like, well, he ain't my fucking friend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just dipped. And I left, and I went to my boy's house for a little bit. I come back a couple hours later. It's now like 9 o'clock at night. He's moved in. And this fucking truck is back. Mm -hmm. It's the same night. I just met that there's a new friend today. Yeah. He left when I got here. I come back hours later. He's here again. And they're like in the house, like eating dinner and shit, whatever. At the time, my sister had two kids. I heard him say something about like, all right, guys, get ready to take a bath. We're going to go to bed. And I looked at my sister and I was like, are they staying the night? She was like, they moved in. Mm. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just met the guy. What do you mean they moved in? You know, and it was shortly after that, like my mom kicked me and my sister out. I sold him some Coke and trying to tell my mom, like, he's a piece of <laughs> I was like, yo, I remember I had like, You're like yo, yo, mom, this dude bought Coke. Yeah, there. I'd robbed this girl for like seven grams. I was like, I came back to the crowd. I was like, yo, Ernie, you... You know, anybody wants some powder? And he was like, yeah, me, me. So I threw him a gram. And then he came back and was like, yo, can I get another gram? I didn't find out until way later, years later, he did the coke with my mom. Wow. I didn't know that. Like, yeah. my mom had never, she had done it when she was way younger. But, like, yeah. this is how, like, off the chain shit is at my home, whatever. So my mom kicks me and my sister out. My dad, my stepdad, had set my sister up with, like, a one-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was going to stay there. And like me and my sister didn't just did not get along. So then he got me like a motel room for a week. He bought me, you could pay like 350 bucks for a motel for the week mm -hmm. until we could figure something out the next week. And like the, I moved my shit in on a Friday. I went out to a party with like a bunch of, with my girlfriend and a bunch of other people, whatever. We all were coming back to my motel room for the night. I got like 15 people at this fucking room. And I'm like, yo, y'all got to settle the fuck down. Like I'm going to get kicked out. My mm -hmm. dad, I ain't got nowhere to go. Right. I'm in the bathroom and the cops show up. So the cops show up. I'm 20. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not even 21. Yeah. Nobody's 21. And we got all this beer and shit in the room. And my girlfriend's like 18. Nobody's 21 though. Is this your room? Yeah. You got anything in here? I just got put on probation today. Wow. That day I just went and met my new probation officer. <laughs> I pissed dirty, but she told me like, you first, got the yeah, next time, complete, whatever. So, like, I wasn't doing no coke, no nothing, right? And I told him, I was like, yeah, you can search the room because I don't have shit. I don't got no bud. I don't got nothing. Like, the beer that they already fucking whatever. see. I told him to search the room. Bro, they come out, and somebody had stuffed a Marlboro Red Pack in my laundry basket. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, what kind of cigarettes? Marlboro Lights, whatever. Come to find out, somebody stuffed this Marlboro Red Pack in my laundry basket, and it was coke in it. So I get arrested for possession of cocaine wow. on a Friday night. I call my dad. I call my girlfriend's mom. I'm like, listen, I swear to God, they knew it wasn't mine. It's really not I'm like, it's system. really not fucking mine, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I tell my girlfriend's mom, like, if you bond me out in the morning, I'll go to the bank, get the cash, I'll pay you back, whatever. So she does. Mm -hmm. It was like $500 bond. I bond out Saturday morning, right? And then I go to work. I'm at work with my coworkers, and I'm like, yo, let me get a pistol. 
I know one of you's got a pistol, right? Because I know it's one or two guys mm-hmm. that fucking put that in my... And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get them in a room and I'm going to shoot your fucking dick off if you don't tell me who did it, whatever. They're like, dude, I'm not giving you a gun, you know? So I'm like, all right, whatever. So then Monday, I go to work. I'm at this house and I have to move this person's bed and their nightstand to get to an outlet. I'm doing electrical work. Mm-hmm. And when I move the fucking nightstand in the bed, I see the butt of the gun sticking out. Mm-hmm. And back then I had this fucking, I had this leather echo jacket, like the big Abrex jackets they used to have back mm-hmm. in the day. And I had this like secret pocket that was right here on the back that mm-hmm. would unzip. So I took my jacket off and I unzip and I'm trying to shove this fucking 357 in the fucking, it ain't going to zip up. Wow. So I take my razor knife and I slice the pocket, shove the gun in and close it up. And I throw the, right when I throw the jacket back on, the fucking homeowner walks in. And I'm like, fuck. And I already know. I'm like, I need to put the gun back. Like, yeah. <laughs> you. but the fucking homeowner's standing here talking to me. Right. And I have to leave to go report to probation. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten sentenced to probation. Monday, I'm going to report to probation for the first time. Whatever, the homeowner's there. He's talking to me, whatever. He's following me everywhere now. And I can feel this fucking gun just, like, bulging on my back. I'm like, he knows. Like, his eyes are burning into my back. He knows, whatever. And my boss is like, yo, didn't you have to leave? And I'm like, yeah, I got to leave at 1230, whatever. So I go out to the work van to get something for him. And I take the jacket off and throw it in the van. I'm like, let me just get this fucking jacket off. But in my mind, I'm like, I need to get the gun back. But I can't get the gun back because the fucking homeowner's following me, whatever. So I go to probation, which is an hour away. It's in fucking Tappahannock. With the gun. With the gun I'm in in Newport News. Yeah. But I'm driving like an hour away. I stop off at the motel room and dump the gun there. Gotcha. And then go to probation. Boom. That's when I pop dirty for the weed or whatever. She's like, just be clean next time, whatever. And at the end of it, she's just about to wrap up. And she's like, were you working in Newport News today? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, were you working with Kevin, whatever? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck does she know this? Because I don't normally work with this guy. It was Mm -hmm. a side job. She's like, yeah, you know anything about a gun missing from the property? And I'm like, no. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, they called and said that there was a gun missing, and that gun has sentimental value. So, like, if you return the gun, they won't press charges. But if you don't, they're going to press charges. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? So then I leave from there. I've got 30 minutes back to the fucking... And in my mind, I'm like, yo, the fucking cops are already at the fucking room. They're going to have my shit surrounded, whatever, whatever. Kevin's never going to fucking let me work with him again. It was only me and Kevin. He was under the house. I was in the house. The gun's gone. He knows it was me. He knows what just happened Friday, right? So I call Kevin. I leave a voicemail and I'm like, yo, my bad. I know I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm bringing the gun back. Cause I'm thinking if I bring the gun back, no charges. So my girlfriend takes me. Yeah, bro. So my girlfriend, <laughs> you felt that. So my girlfriend. I was like, bro, I hope you didn't do yeah. that. Yeah. So I my girlfriend they told me this once when I was a kid. They were like, oh, if you tell us what happened, da da da, like nothing. I was like, can you put that in writing? And I remember I was, I like, to see that I was like in middle school and they were yeah. like, who is this kid? He thinks he's an attorney. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I was like, I need that in writing. Well, that's why I tried to call my boss. That's I funny. tried to call Kevin just to be like, yo, what's good? But I'm they know it it's you. Right. They but know I it's didn't. You. And this guy is like family. This guy mm-hmm. is like my best friend's fucking uncle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Who I work for. Like, none of the family will ever fuck with me again. This is my best friend. Mm-hmm. It'd be like you fucking over Carl's family. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I call him to be like, yo, I'm on the way with the gun, you know? And I pull up and I see the unmarked Taurus. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it looks like a fucking cop's car, you for know? Sure. And I pull in the driveway, and Kevin comes, like, kind of speed walking out. And I walk up to him. He's like, yo, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yo, I thought if I brought... He's like, get the fuck out of here, bro. They're coming. And the detective comes running out the house, whatever. So I tell him what happened. I'm like, yo, I got arrested three days ago for this fucking coat charge. It's not my shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in the right state of mind right now, and I wanted to fucking get the guys that I think did the shit in a room, whatever. That sounds horrible. It sounds so horrible. (laughs) Bro, when I went in front of the magistrate, when I went in front of the judge and told her that. You're telling the cop, you're like, yo, I needed a gun so I could point it to these guys' heads. Conspiracy to fucking commit murder or some shit, you know? (laughs) It was, dude, it was stupid. So, So now I get arrested for... Grand larceny of a firearm. Mm-hmm. I'm two days out on bond for coke. I get arrested for grand larceny of a firearm. My dad bonds me out. Then you have the party. Oh no, this no, is no. this is in the middle. Yeah, of the party. I got arrested Friday. Okay. Had the party. I had the party. Then had the, got, the got gun. arrested. Try to get. The then gun. I got the gun yeah. Monday. Okay. So I get arrested again now for grand larceny of a firearm. So my dad bonds me out. Next couple of months, like I'm waiting to go to court. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm going fucking pre-trial bullshit, whatever. Preliminary hearings and shit. You have a right to an attorney, whatever, whatever. I got the best fucking attorney for the coke charge. Mm-hmm. Court appointed to me because every now and again they have to take pro bono case. Mm-hmm. I, this Mike Soberick was the attorney in Gloucester, best attorney in Gloucester, and I wanted him, but I couldn't afford him. And, and then he did. ended up getting court appointed to me. I was like, bet, because the thing was, bro, my fingerprints weren't on the fucking cigarette, whatever. I'm waiting to go to court for all this shit. June comes around. 
my stepdad, I had moved out. I had some roommates and shit that I was living with. Mm-hmm. And I was paying them three oxys a week, 340s a week for rent. They wanted 100 bucks a week for rent, so I'd give them 340s. Then they were like, oh, well, you got to give us five because you only pay 20. And I was like, bitch, I can sell the three for 120. Right. Exactly. I, you want the 100 or you want the three fucking, you know, so they took them. So my dad comes through and he's like, yo, like, I'm thinking about getting my own spot. Like, would you want to move him? And I was like, yeah, bet, bro. He's like my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, my stepdad was like my best friend. I'm like, bet, bro. He signs the lease on a Saturday. The following weekend, we're going to move into this new house. He dies Wednesday. Wow. He had a massive heart attack in his truck. And at the time, like, one night I was leaving his house. I was drunk, and my fucking, my hood on my car had, like, the latch was broken. The hood flew up and smashed my windshield out. Mm-hmm. So he gave me the money to like get a new windshield, get a new hood and shit, whatever. And I was paying him back like 50 bucks a week. And that weekend I was like, yo, like I know my dude's going to call me to re-up. I owed him like 200. I was like, Mm -hmm. yo, if you let me hold the money because I need all the money I can get right now to re-up, like I'll pay you in full next week. And he was like, all right, just be safe, whatever. I'd read up on Tuesday and he died Wednesday. So I had a pocket full of fucking oxys, bro. And at no point, like I remember I left my boy's house to go serve somebody Mm -hmm. and I got the call. And I got the call and it was like my dad's friend's number and I answered and it was like my dad's weed man was like, hey, Roy, it's Jerry. And I was like, what's up? He's like, I got bad. And I'm thinking he's telling me like cops are on me or something. He's like, it's your dad. And I'm like, nah, bro, like don't even. And I just fucking threw the phone. Mm. And then they, boom, he calls back and they're like, Roy, you have to come here right now. And they're like 30, 40 minutes away. I'm like, no, dude, I can't come there. I'm in denial. I'm in disbelief, whatever. But I'm just, I'm not coming, bro. Like I got, what are you talking about? You know? And I'm like, all right, I'm on the way. So I started driving there and it's like 40 minutes. So I'm like going through like moments of like, I'm fucking bawling, crying. And then I'm like, nah, this is a joke. You know? Mm -hmm. And I reel it back in and my phone's blowing up. I pull up. And as I pull up, the coroner was like pulling the body bag out of the truck to put in the corners van. And I remember I just let go of the wheel and I hit the curb. My dad's best friend like ran up to me and was like, you know, hugged me. My grandparents are there and we're crying. Bro, at no point did my mind, I had a pocket full of oxys. You didn't even feel like using. No, at no point my mind was like, I need to do something. You know, Mm -hmm. like that was not my mindset. I left, I was there for a little while and I left there. And again, everybody's blowing my phone up. My boy Jason's calling me. Cause at the time, like Jason sold oxys and and dope but a lot of kids weren't fucking with heroin yet mm-hmm. i had oxys he didn't have any oxys he only had heroin so everybody's blowing him up trying to get a hold of me he's the only person i answered the phone for and he's like yo bro where the fuck are you at da, da, da. and i'm like yo man my dad just died and he knew my dad real good and he's like bro i'm sorry whatever he's like yo when you come home stop at my crib he lived right at the end of the street. So I pull up to his crib. I knock on the bedroom window and he comes out and he throws me like three bags of dope. And he's like, listen, bro, you don't owe me no money for that. Cause I would get high for free. If, if you gave me some shit and was like, I'll do it all day. Heroin or heroin, food? whatever. I'd done hair. Oh, I'd, so you had tried it. I had sniffed heroin a couple of times with him. Mm-hmm. I remember he got out of jail. I had fronted him a bag of weed. He went to jail. He owed me 50 bucks. And I remember he called me. He'd been gone for like a year. And mm-hmm. he called me and he's like, yo, what's good? Like coming to Texaco, blah, blah, blah. And I remember on the way up there, I told my girl, I was like, I Texaco's swear to God. He better, yeah, it was a spot. It was called Heiko. And I was like, <laughs> he better have my fucking money, right? Mm-hmm. I rolled the window down and he dapped me up and he threw 60 in my hand. So he paid me back plus a little plus bit extra. Time. Yeah. I remember like, we were chopping. I was like, yo, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, oh, I'm going to go meet this girl. I'm going to get some H. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can go get some head. He was like, nah, heroin. Because <laughs> I, like, I didn't H, know what the fuck yeah. H was. I was yeah, like, yo, yeah. what? And he was like, nah, heroin. <laughs> I was like, yo, you fuck with that? Like, when did you, you know what I'm saying? And mind you, this is the same kid, first time I ever sniffed powder with, first time I ever oh, did an ecstasy with. This is my best friend. Wow. Best friend. First time I ever, like, sniffed anything with. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I was like, yo, when did you start? He was like, I tried it when I was in jail, whatever. And he was like, yo, it's just like doing an oxy, bro. Same like, thing. Whatever. Yeah. So I see him like a couple days later and he's like, yo, what's good? And he's like, you want to try? Tiniest little line. You know what I mean? And I did it. Whatever. I didn't think nothing of it. See, what happens is we watch these movies like Requiem in a Dream and we watch. They try a drug and it's like We this see the crazy people with their arm thing. falling off. Yeah. And then we see one of our friends do yeah. it and it's like. The first you look time, fine. I, the first time I smoked crack, I was like, "That was crack." That was it. I was like, "It was not that different than doing coke." I was like, right. "Man, this whole time, I thought it was gonna be so crazy." Lying to us, yeah, you know, man. Whatever. I tried to tell all my friends, I'm like, "Bro, crack is just like coke." They were like, "No, dog, we ain't smoking." Crack. <laughs> ain't I'm smoking. like, "Bro, I'm telling, it's the same." They were like, "No, bro, we are <laughs> You're not out of your mind." You're, I was like, "Bro, I'm telling you." You just try it. They were like, no, dog, we are not smoking. Nobody wanted to do that shit. I got Nobody. a couple people to try yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, 
Even when the first time I did coke, first time I did coke, I was so scared to do it, and then and I then you played. did it. You were like, "Oh, that was, I was like, nothing." Bro, I didn't even feel it. Like I just played video games all yeah. night and they couldn't sleep. All right, so your boy he gives me the the dope. So you just find out your I dad dies. My dad died. Your boy gives you the three bags. He gives me the three bags, and he's like, "Yo, that's on me. Like, don't worry about it. Whatever." Like, because he didn't he, have pills. So he, no, he didn't have pills. I had pills though. I had a pocket full of pills. That wasn't my thought process. I didn't want to get high on my own supply. I wasn't thinking about get high. I don't remember. Like maybe I sniffed a pill. I don't really remember i just remember him throwing me the three bags of dope i remember going home to my roommate's house you know that's all we did we used to just fucking sniff oxy sniff coke and shit and watch movies and shit and uh, but maybe you're not an addict maybe i'm not an addict <laughs> right i went home and i sniffed a bag of dope bro and it was like i literally went from telling my roommates the story of what just happened and fucking bawling my eyes out and then you know 20 30 minutes later all of a sudden the tears aren't coming anymore and it's like i feel like i should be crying but i'm not crying mm -hmm. and that's when i was like all right this is working like I don't have to fucking feel this right now. And so for like the next couple so of days, you, you know how people talk about how like, you know, the first time their ego awoke. Yeah. Well, people also talk about the first time they used when their addiction to woke fix up. the feeling. Right. The first time you're using for a solution. Right. The first time you're using to numb the pain. Right. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12 step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12 step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.